0: Hi and welcome to episode seventy-seven of No Crying in Baseball: The Escape from New York episode. My name's Patty, and I'm here from, with my
1: friend Potty Mouth. Hey there! I made it safely back from New York for not the first, but the second time in that number of weekends. You may you may know that that's not really my favorite place, but
0: S- still not a Yankees hat on your head though. Still
1: or Nats hat? <laughs> not even close. Yeah, I am wearing my Nats hat today. But um, my daughter is going to move to New York City in the fall. This is really stretching my patience at this point. But I'm I'm totally behind her. She's going to university. It's a good thing. New York City is where she should be. But I have to learn to love New York. Do you have any tips?
0: You have to learn to just focus on loving your daughter and not worrying about where she is because as long as she's happy. I say this because I was also in the state of New York this weekend because my daughter is also going to school in New York, but Western New York. We just came back from Rochester, and Accepted Students Weekend is so freaking exhausting that as we were leaving the campus, we saw a baseball game, a school baseball game in progress, and we both said, we should go What? We're too tired. And for us to be too tired to watch a baseball game that's right there in front of us, you know, we were pooped.
1: Well, you know, for me, I was on the subway seeing tons of people in Mets outfits heading toward the, I, I want to say Shea Stadium. It's City. They all wish it was still I, Shea I Stadium, really I think. I wish it were Sta- Shea Stadium, but I knew that our nationals were there and I wanted to go, but it wasn't the right thing to do because as you said, it was accepted students weekend and my daughter was the accepted student. So she was the focus of my weekend.
0: On today's show, we have breaking news that might make me swear. I'm just warning you now, I could be a potty mouth, and then it would be very confusing. We're also going to talk about my boyfriend, Ronald Acuna Jr.'s extension. Very cool. Some other boyfriends we like, Yelly and Mookie being spokesmodels, or maybe being spokesmodels. We're going to teach you some baseball math from infinity and beyond. Yasiel Puig was in a brawl, or a fracas or a ruckus, or something, but we'll learn more about that in a minute. We're going to start a new segment, an occasional segment, on rules. Rules by us. No crying in baseball. Today's rules are going to be about booing. Yeah, we saw Bryce Harper this week. And we're going to close with, we're so excited about this, our special guest, Betsy Ha, who's the general manager of the Pulaski Yankees. She's pretty dang cool. We hope you like that conversation. I am spitting mad, I'm spitting mad. We had planned our show. We were all in great shape. And then I saw the Washington Post story that frickin Trump. Ooh, I almost swore frickin Trump canceled the agreement with Cuba between Major League Baseball and Cuba.
1: I didn't know about this until you walked into my house and I was a little alarmed at the amount of steam that was coming out of your ears. But I don't blame you. This is it makes no fucking sense. I can say it because it really makes no sense.
0: Yeah, the excuse given was, oh, it's going to the any money is going to the Cuban government and it's supporting human trafficking. No, it's exactly the opposite is preventing 20 year olds from having to cross the big shark infested water in tiny little rafts and risk life and limb. We have connections with
1: a couple of friends who are Cuban baseball player, well, not player, but baseball people, Uh, you know, our friend Alfredo from from Con Las Bases Llenas, these people who are very against the Cuban government, but understand the opportunities that this deal would have meant for these Cuban players. And I don't know who besides Trump is against this. I don't understand.
0: Nope. And I hope something can happen to let this prevail somehow. They've already announced like 34 guys that the the Cuban government has said, okay, these guys have been released. They can go play ball. They can be signed. They've got a future. And even better, they can come home. Right now, it's one of the big problems is these players who come to the United States don't get to go home. They would be allowed to do that. With this agreement, which frickin' Trump, ooh, I did it again, yeah. spitting mad, using outside words, has just canceled. Damn it!
1: We have better things to talk about today, don't don't we? Okay, I know we, have, right. plans. we have, have plans. I'm I know gonna this. have plans. I'm gonna have
0: a sip and then a take a breath and then I'm gonna tell you about Ronald Acuna Jr. Here I go. Sipping, breathing. Okay. Hey, Ronald Acuna Jr., who is so awesome. Just signed an extension with the Braves for $100 million over eight years, which starts now. Here are some reasons why that is cool. One is currently he makes the league minimum because, remember, he was rookie of the year last year. He is just starting out. He is under Braves' control, or would have been, for six years, maybe seven. They played some funny math with his service time. Remember that vocabulary lesson. But the $100 million over eight years starts right now. So he gets paid That's a big raise. life-changing money right now. So it's for eight years plus the option for two more years at $17 million each. Now, the downside is a lot of sports journalists are saying, you know, when he, hit, when he would have hit free agency, he would be worth so much more. He might have been worth Harper dollars. Who knows? The kid is kind of awesome right now. But you don't know. Ronald Acuna Jr. doesn't even have a high school education what he has is baseball. You are guaranteeing him $100 million. If something bad happens, God willing, it will not. But if something bad happens, he goes home with $100 million and can start over in some other future. This is pretty, pretty amazing. And I feel good about that. I hope there's not too many naysayers out there because I want him to feel good about that too. So okay, you're right. Better news. Thank Better you. news. And Rays
1: fans should be very excited about that. I mean, this is a phenomenon that you're getting locked down for a while. Speaking of other phenomena, phenomena? What's the okay? phenomena. All right. Here are the phenomena. The MVPs. So this Um, capitalistic society that we live in values commercials a lot with our sports players. And in fact, a lot of sports folks get more money from their commercials than they do end up with their contracts. Well, our buddy, Christian Yelich. I love him. who, Who we adore, who we both adore, MVP from the National League, just got a really sweet kind of commercial deal that's part commercial and part do good. So we love this kind of situation. So he's going to do well. He's a brand ambassador for American Family Insurance, which means that he's going to do commercials for them and public events and probably get some money. But also they agreed... To raise funds and raise awareness for a Milwaukee cause to be determined later, so who knows what that means, but it's got to be good, right? Because it's a cause, and and Yelich has been involved in the California Strong movement, and they agreed to support that as well. So this seems like a nice thing, but then um, David Price of the of the Red Sox, <clears throat> a great team there. Uh, put out there that Mookie Betts, who is Mr. Personality, that nobody can deny. When he was mic'd up recently on ESPN, it was hysterical. And I've called him Pookie for the past couple years. He's my guy. He's my chosen guy for the Red Sox. Price says, what do you do in MLB? Why isn't he on commercials? We're looking at African-American percentage of baseball players at this time being in the 7 point something percent which is mighty small. And if you look at what happens in basketball, if you look at what happens in football, and you're looking at the players that are being, well, marketed shit. That's a really shitty word. I mean, that, that's kind of what it is,
0: though. It is. It is.
1: He said, put that guy on commercials. You want to get people involved? You want to get these kids to follow the sport and get involved? Put him on commercials. Uh, no response as far as I know so far from MLB, but, you know... If Ye- if it's good enough for Yelich, they're both MVPs.
0: That is true. I will just point out that Christian Yelich did have the cameo on Magnum PI, so maybe that okay. was his, you know, his little screen test. But there's no saying that the Pookie can't also have his sort of knockoff reboot PI show from the seventies eighties. I can't remember. There were mustaches. It's a long time ago. Mm-hmm. We haven't done baseball math in a while. All right. i got to focus. Focus. I I couldn't skip this one because this one is kind of amazing and mind-blowing. Are you ready to have your mind blown?
1: Kind of. It's been a long day. I've got to do math. All right.
0: All right. So you may or may not recall that my fantasy boyfriend baseball league has the Nats pitchers, which seemed like a good idea at the time. I feel you. And it's still a good idea as far as starting pitchers. Not so much for the bullpen. And one of the reasons is Trevor Rosenthal, who we highlighted as throwing 100-mile-an-hour fastballs. Well, he's not throwing them in the w- right place. Well, <laughs> so I mentioned to Potty Mouth that I wanted to talk about Trevor Rosenthal's infinite ERA. And, and she said, oh, yeah, it's probably some Red Sox guys like, like that, too. I'm like, no, no. It's really an infinite ERA. It's not a metaphor. So we're going to do a pop quiz with math. Are you ready for oh, me, Potty shit. Mouth? I don't know. I'll try. Okay. I'll try. Okay. Tell us what you know about ERA. What does it mean?
1: It means it's your earned run average, which is pretty much how many runs you're supposed to let up in a game, isn't that? For on average?
0: Pretty much, yeah. So an earned run is any run that scores without like a passed ball or an error. So the guy deserved the run. You Mm -hmm. didn't help him in a bad way, right? So the actual formula is nine times that number of runs divided by how many innings. You've pitched, and that works out to approximately how many runs you would have given up in a game. So here's a tough one for you. Tell me how you define an inning. Three outs sure. is what I would say. That's absolutely right. If your guy doesn't get any outs, that puts a zero there. At the bottom of the equation. So here's what's been happening with our pal, Trevor Rosenthal. He's pitched in four games so far. He has not recorded a single out. So we're dividing by zero. He has walked five batters. There have been three hits scored on him. He hit one one batter and seven runs scored. So nine times seven is the top. Nine times earned runs. That gives you 63 divided by number of innings pitched, which, as Potty Mouth said, is 0. So actually, that's technically an undefined number, but Major League Baseball calls it infinity because infinity is so much cooler.
1: You know, I just quickly looked up my text from you or your text, my text, the text I got from you. That's Uh that's the order Uh yesterday. And you said there must be a glitch in game day. It says that Rosenthal hit someone, threw two wild pitches and walked a guy.
0: (laughs) That can't be right. And yet, there you go. He is pitching to infinity and, and beyond.
1: beyond.
0: <laughs> Speaking of fun stuff, I always like
1: talking about fighting. Maybe not so much. But, you know, when we, when we were talking about Puig going to Cincinnati, we knew there was some concern there somewhere. And I'm guessing that almost any, everybody who's been listening to this knows something about the ruckus. What, what are the words? Fracas? Ruckus. Bench-clearing brawl? Okay. That all no happens. No one said kerfuffle. I don't know why. That's my favorite. It was an absolute kerfuffle. The entire Reds and Pirates were out there. What happened to begin with is it turns out that Puig has a teammate that is even cockier than him, believe it or not. Derek Dietrich hit a home run and stood to admire it. Now, OK, all right. I want to
0: beg to differ. Did you want to finish your I broke in. Uh, well,
1: I was going to say that I'm all about the celebration of home runs. I'm cool with the bat flip. I'm cool with the whooping and the skipping around the bases that others frowned upon. But the, just the image, at least the video that I saw of him standing there and just watching it, it just seemed a little not necessary.
0: If you saw the footage going the other direction of where the ball was flying, it was pretty close to the foul pole. So, so if maybe, you were to give him the benefit of the doubt, you would say maybe he's trying to figure out if it was a fair ball or not.
1: Well, then he should have pulled a Carl- Carlton Fisk and just like waved oh, it, that's waved true. it
0: fair. Yeah. But he
1: was just, it was something about his demeanor. I think, well, it. It irked me, not hugely, but it obviously pissed off Chris Archer. Now, I do not condone this, though. However, Chris Archer did throw behind him, which is the wrong place to throw. Oops. He did throw at the butt level, though. Like, if it had been a head, I would have been all over Archer. But it was his butt, and it was well behind his butt so it was definitely making a point i don't condone using you know 90 plus mile an hour objects uh, as as a threat or any sort of behavior incentive i don't think that's a good idea uh, the manager got into it david bell of the of the reds came out and you know, Archer really should have been ejected at this point, but he wasn't. And, and the notable thing about the whole thing is Archer, as far as I know, didn't receive any penalty. He got
0: a warning. I think his, the umpire's finger was shaken at him with purpose. And that was the extent of it, which is why the Reds manager came out. it's was like, that, that's not enough.
1: But a whole mess of people ended up getting thrown out, including the Reds manager. Yep. And what I totally don't get is why Puig got into it. It wasn't his hit. It wasn't his – like, he, he had nothing to do with this. Well, he defended his guy. He totally did. And he had to be and, – and talk about, like, ba- baseball boyfriend points. My ex-boyfriend, the guy I ch- chose last year, we do this boyfriend thing I haven't explained on this episode yet where we choose a guy for every team who we think is the guy that we'd like to just hang out with and get to know for a lot of reasons – I chose last year Joey Votto, who was the main dude holding back Puig with all his, his might as long as he could.
0: Yeah, and then Puig got a second wind. And then mm-hmm. after everyone thought it was over, he went back after everybody. What I like was there was an interview with him later where he said, I don't care if people watch or they flip the bat like I do, but as a pitcher – just try to strike him out next time. That should be your job. You're angry about that. Well, do your job. Well, okay, I'm I'm adding more words. But he said, try to strike him out.
1: I agree with that. He did not need to take home, over. You know, take on the whole pirates team. But that phrase yeah. would have been enough for me.
0: Yeah. So I still kind of want somebody to d- differentiate between a brawl of fracas and a mm-hmm. at some point. But I think we'll just go with interchangeable for now. So. What Potty Mouth was saying kind of goes to sort of our personal values and our personal rules about baseball. So we kind of want to introduce an occasional segment for the show, No Crying in Baseball Rules, Baseball Rules According to Patty and the Potty Mouth. We were at the game when Bryce Harper made his triumphant return to Nats Park. It was ugly. He got the last laugh. He totally did. And there was a lot of sort of campaigning before the game, like, ooh, turn your back on Bryce. Or are you going to boo him? One of the local networks said, if you're not going to boo Bryce Harper tonight, give your ticket to someone Mm -hmm. who will. I was not impressed with that. I don't think potty mouth was either. I
1: was impressed by people's uh, creativity with the back of their ex Harper shirts. Though. Those that were was hilarious. Cool.
0: Yeah, those were great. Those were so great. And there are ways to show your displeasure without being rude. Mm-hmm. So we're going to give you a couple of guidelines. All right. So there's this guy. Did he throw a punch at your guy? Did he throw a baseball at your guy? Did he throw over to first three times in a row? Just three? Just three? I, th- I, I, I think more more than that. You think more than three? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm good with three. Okay. So that one, there's a little bit of a play in there. I want to say, is he an umpire? But that's not right. <laughs> if he's an umpire that makes egregious decisions, like throwing out A.J. Hinch, saying I can do whatever I want to do, um, that's that's booable. I think. See last week's episode. Right. Is he A-Rod? And I'm, <laughs> I'm saying that, we know he, our feelings about A-Rod are, are pretty clear, but he did talk smack about D.C. not being a sports town. So if I were to see him, I would boo him. So those things, probably, yes, a boo would be a allowable. It would be okay under no crying in baseball rules. Now, here's the other side of that. Are you visiting an away park? Was your guy traded? He had no say in the matter. Did he just choose another team? Do you disagree with his life choices or his questionable or bad decisions? Are you compensating for the fear you feel when he comes to the plate? Sit it out.
1: I want to add one to those.
0: If he's just sucking... (laughs) Right? Right. Like,
1: Chris Davis. I feel so bad for him. You know it's bad if
0: Potty Mouth feels bad for an Oriole.
1: I do. I do. And I remember really uh, sort of being fearful of him in many games in Camden Yards. And he is in the worst slump. He's 0 for 44 going back to last season, which means he's two plate appearances away from the record, which is 0 for 46. It would have been worse. That record is actually held by Eugenio Velez, who in 2011 did this. And he was one for 66. So it could have been worse if he hadn't gotten that one hit. But as it is, Davis doesn't have too far to go. But he feels like shit about this. I mean, he is the most frustrated guy. And everybody at Camden Yards who boos him on site is not helping the situation.
0: He knows he's in a slump. He knows it. you are not giving him information doesn't already have. So if any of those things are true in that second list, just sit it out. Be the bigger person. Cheer for your team. Potty Mouth and I tried to model good behavior. We were cheering for Max to strike out, Bryce. Trying to, yeah. We weren't cheering. We weren't booing Bryce. We were cheering for our guys because he's not one of our guys anymore. And I am frankly okay with that. Gosh darn it. So, yeah, a little decorum, model good behavior. There's kids watching. How do you want those kids to grow up? Darn it.
1: Today, we'd like to welcome a very special guest to No Crying in Baseball, Betsy Ha from the Pulaski Yankees. Betsy is now the general manager of the Pulaski Yankees, and this is your first year as general manager. But last year, she won the 2018 Rawlings Woman Executive of the Year Award. So we have a lot of questions for Betsy, and, and we thank you a lot for joining us today.
2: Absolutely. Thank you for having me.
0: So Betsy, I got to know, I know some people who do like sports management and all that end up in whatever sport will have them, not always their dream sport. Was it always baseball for you?
2: Uh, Well, I actually grew up playing soccer. Most people think that I probably should have played softball since I work in baseball. Uh, But my brother did play baseball my whole life. And so I was always the little sister that got dragged around to baseball games. So for a while, I don't think I liked it as much as I do now. But once I got older and was able to... Kind of enjoy it on my own volition a little bit more. Uh, I really enjoyed following baseball a lot more. And then once I started working in it as an intern, I just fell in love with it and can't really think about ever working in a different sport.
1: I was seeing, though, that as a kid, you went to O's games. Is that right?
2: Yeah, I grew up in Charlottesville, Virginia, and the Nationals weren't around for the first 10, 12 years of my life, so we were big Orioles fans. My dad grew up an Orioles fan, so I went to Camden Yards a couple times um, and really enjoyed that ballpark and being an Orioles fan. And really, I guess I'm still an Orioles fan, but now having worked for the Yankees (laughs) and the Braves, um, more just a baseball fan in general, I would say, than any fan of a specific team.
0: So I just got to confess this to you, Betsy. This is Patty. Um, My daughter is named Camden for Camden Yards because she was born before the Nationals were here. Otherwise, she might be an Natitude.
2: Yeah, I mean, I love that name. And I, I think that's pretty common for folks in that area. Um, Before the Nats came in, you know, everybody was an Orioles fan. And then a lot of people, I think, stuck with the Orioles. But I do have some people I went to high school with and some friends that became really big Nats fans once they came into D.C.
1: So, But it wasn't hard for you being in the AL East converting to the Yankees, I don't know, uh, fiefdom, right? That's <laughs> how I look at it. So I have to fess up. I'm a bit of a of a lifelong Red Sox fan. And so I've got to say, I was a little happy to see you talking about Nomar Garcia-Para, although his connection being through Mia Hamm. Is that right?
2: Yeah, I was that typical 90s soccer girl who loved Mia Hamm and then by default always loved Nomar Garcia-Para as well. Um, there's a couple other folks that i played college soccer with that are the exact same way. One of my, uh, best friends from college is actually a Red Sox fan, largely because of Nomar, because of Mia Ham. So, uh, definitely really enjoyed watching him play. Um, but that, like I said, that's more the Mia Ham connection than anything Red Sox or anything like that.
1: All right. I'll, I'll take whatever I can get, but <laughs> about this transition to the Yankees, how do you feel within the Yankees system? I guess overall, how would you describe it?
2: I love the Yankees. I mean, they are a great organization. They've got phenomenal people top to bottom that we work with on a daily basis, whether it's the folks um, in New York or the player development staff in Tampa, they are really just great people that want to see everyone succeed at every level. Um, That includes the front office staff and individual front office staff members, as well as the players on the field and the organization as a whole. So at first it was a little difficult to put on something with a Yankees logo. I stuck to mainly Pulaski Yankees (laughs) at first, but then, uh, now I think I own more New York stuff maybe than Oriole stuff and wear that more commonly. So it was definitely an adjustment, but I really enjoy the organization and the people within it.
0: That's excellent. I want to hear about your, your actual job. I mean, I hear a general manager and I, I picture like a Theo Epstein or a, a Mike Rizzo surrounded by a bank of phones making deals and then with the TV cameras in front of them all the time. So I'm sure that's what life is like for you.
2: Yeah, definitely. I have multiple phones. <laughs> um, that part is true, but for at the minor league level, general manager is a lot different than at the major league level because we handle pretty much everything that they don't, if that makes sense. So they are responsible for signing players, player moves, and things like that, and that's really the one area that we don't really touch. Um, as a minor league GM, the most interaction we have with that is really just helping coordinate any kind of player travel whenever that's necessary, um, so most of the things that we do are the back end, whether that's the marketing, the ticket sales, stadium operations, media relations, community, all that other stuff is what uh, a minor league general manager is more responsible for.
1: So you're, you're, you have a ton of hats there. What's your favorite part? What do you like best about your job?
2: Um, I grew up in like I was on high school newspaper staff was a journalism major when I started in college before switching over to sport management so I really do enjoy the communication side of it still um social media part is something that I really enjoy I mean they're just minor league baseball and major league baseball people just are so fun on social media just picking at each other trying to make the content as fun as possible so I enjoy that side um and the marketing and the promotions part is always fun as well
0: Very cool. So my, my kid, the aforementioned Camden is the sports editor of her high school paper. So what you're telling me is there's hope for me to like squirrel her into the minor leagues and eventually take over the major leagues.
2: Absolutely. There's always hope. I think anytime you can get experience at a young age, it kind of propels you into a great position to find success. So she, she's definitely starting off strong.
0: I want to know more about the, the Rookie League. Um, I, you know, we, we go to some AAA and some AA because that's what's nearby here. Tell us what Rookie League is like. This is like the, the, the entry level, yeah?
2: Yeah, so we are kind of second on the ladder. There's a level below us, which is just regular rookie. We're technically rookie advanced. Um, the rookie teams stay either out in Arizona or in Florida at the spring training complexes. Um, then you come to Rookie Advance, which is us in the Pioneer League out west. We are short season. So the double A AA and triple A's that you mentioned, they've already actually started for the year, whereas we have about two more months before we get rolling. But we try to do everything, I mean, from a marketing standpoint, from you know, ticket packages and what we offer. Try to do everything just as similar as we can. It's just more condensed with three months rather than a longer five, six month schedule.
1: I was looking at your roster, and I was really interested or intrigued by where your players are coming from. It seems like you have a lot of Latino players this year.
2: We do. We have a lot of international players, um, and that is something that's the case kind of year after year with us. The Yankees have a really strong scouting department, and they get a lot of players from the Dominican, where they also have facilities um, for development over there. I would say usually it's probably about 50-50 in terms of international and players from America as well. Um, so I don't speak Spanish, but I need to learn it.
1: Hey, I, I could help you out with that. If you're looking for a part-time translator, keep in touch. I yeah, would I love to.
2: Yeah, that would you. be great. So, I, mean, so- I speak like baseball Spanish, which but- is very minimal. Um, probably never right, but I do the best I can.
0: I I speak restaurant Spanish. (laughs) So between us, we could have like, you know, a hot dog, a beer and watch a game. That's perfect.
2: That's all you need.
0: (laughs) Um, So when you have these guys that are just starting out, I mean, they're all like 20. Is is part of your job or the league's job to kind of help them? I want to say grow up, but I mean it in a good way. Like, you know, become independent and kind of learn how to be away from home.
2: Yeah, we try to provide as many resources as we can to make the transition smooth, especially for the guys coming from overseas or from international locations. Um, We in Pulaski have a program called the Adopt-A-Player program where local families and local fans will kind of take a player under their wing if they need a ride to Walmart on a day off or bake them goodies at some point and just invite them over for dinner and just kind of help them get involved in the community and feel a little bit more at home here. Um, The Yankees, along with a lot of other major league organizations, uh, have Spanish classes. So they kind of help some of those international players assimilate into our culture a little bit more as well through those classes. But really, I mean, it's just what we can do to help the players feel at home here in the Pulaski community. Um, Because like you said, a lot of them are young. So for some of them, more so for the international players, it might be the first time that they're away from home. Whereas some of the, the guys from America are out of college and they've been on their own for a couple of years. But we do also get the ones out of high school as well, that it could be their first step away from mom and dad and just making sure that they feel comfortable and they know what's around and that they have support around them.
1: So I just wanted to clarify that. Did you mean that the there's English classes for the Spanish speaking players?
2: Yes. Yeah, so that- New York actually sets that up. They have an educational program where they will teach them some basic English for them to help kind of develop their vocabulary. And then they have that at each level of the minor leagues so that if you know a player gets moved up to Tampa or Trenton, they can continue learning there and continue their development.
1: Okay, so you're giving me a huge job idea. I currently teach English to international students in high school, and I'm thinking I need a good transition. I think this is my future.
2: It could be. It very well could be. I think most major league organizations do this now. I know when I was with the Braves, they did it as well. Um, so I think it's pretty common throughout baseball now.
0: I, I see very like bright eyes over here and, I'm so and She's like, like I to the wheels turning in her brain like I'm gonna work in baseball yes. eventually it's gonna happen
2: yeah there's so many different ways to get into baseball that you don't even think about so I mean there's a perfect example of one
0: I totally appreciate that thank you <laughs> so so you you talked about how short the season is I think i was say it's like June through August or something right
2: yeah we open on June 18th and our last regularly scheduled game is august twenty eighth eight. Goes by very very quickly, which is hard to say or hard to believe for you know a sixteen hour workday. But mm-hmm. really, you look back and it seems like you just started when you're already done. Wow!
0: So, what does your off season look like? That it seems like it's more off season than on season, but your on season is like you know a hundred percent.
2: Yeah, our our off season really. I like to kind of consider May through September to be our our season really, because May is when everything really, really, really intensifies. Things are already picking up right now, but our interns will get here early next month. And that's really when it feels like the season is here as well. Um, In the off season, we spend a lot of time on sponsorship sales. So advertising, um, partnerships for promo nights and things like that, putting together the promotional calendar and working on our marketing plan um, and then trying to really solidify our spot in the community do some community relations efforts, as well as put together our plan for the players when they get here in the summer to be involved in our community and marketing efforts.
1: You know, thing is, speaking of community, that's something that we try to follow a lot when we're looking at different players, their involvement in community and sort of the doing good. And it seems like you guys do a lot of that. I saw something about being involved with 4-H and a local cancer center, community organizations. How big of a role does that play in in your general Job and what you're doing, how much of a priority is it for you?
2: Yeah, we definitely think of um, our community efforts as being directly related to how well our team can succeed and our organization can succeed. We always try to get our players as involved in the community as we can, whether that's through a volunteer appearance, you know, where they're actually helping serve food at a food bank or through just um, an autograph session on the concourse, whatever we can do to get our players more involved in the community and our fans more acclimated to them we think definitely um, is very good for our bottom line and and our attendance but also at the end of the day we know that we would not be successful without the support of the fans and the support of the community and the businesses within the community so it's whatever we can do to be a good corporate partner and that's something that we have put a lot of emphasis on Um, since I took over in September one of the first things I started doing was building a new community relations plan so
1: that's great. And, you know, as my wheels are turning in my head for for future job opportunities, I'm thinking this would be a great research study to look at players who are involved in the minor level and how they continue it in the majors and how that's different from kids who come in a little bit younger. I, You know, could somebody give me a grant for that, do you think? Probably.
2: <laughs> I think that, I mean, I think that you can get a grant for anything as long as <laughs> you know what you're doing. So, yeah. Yeah. We have, as you go up in the minors and the staffs get a little bit bigger, there are usually full-time community relations folks on board. Most of the minor league teams at at least the AA and AAA level. Um, New York actually has some protocols in place with minimum hour requirements for community service for players. And then what we try to do here is just, you know, we usually put an intern in charge of it to kind of execute the things in our plan. But we know that it's very important to be involved in the community. It's something that we want to do um, just to give back. And it's something that we want to do to make our organization successful. So we've actually got a couple of things in the works right now, right before start talking. You guys just finalizing a couple details for a 5K that we'll be announcing. We're here very soon to benefit Big Brothers Big Sisters. We just started a partnership with the American Cancer Society as well. So we're doing um, a lot of good community things this year that we're very excited about.
0: I can see where this Rawlings Executive of the Year Award came from. You're freaking awesome, if I may use the word freaking. Now, (laughs) I I will say that I could probably be paid in bobbleheads. So I want to hear, if we were to make a field trip to see the Pulaski Yankees, what's the promotion you wouldn't want us to miss?
2: I think one of our top ones is Agriculture Night. Uh, We did this last year. Where we had specialty because agriculture is huge in this part of um, part of Virginia, so we'd had specialty jerseys featuring a cow. We had a petting zoo at the ballpark.
1: What's that? I love it already. Keep going. (laughs) That's fantastic. I'm there for the cow.
2: Oh yeah, we had. It gets better. We had a petting zoo at the ballpark. (laughs) Oh my god. We out, we raffled off a live cow that you could choose to claim either as the cow or after it had been processed. Oh, oh no.
0: So that's one for oh. you and one for me. Oh, no. No, oh, yeah, I would have a cow in my cow. Cow. backyard.
2: We did not have that cow at the ballpark because it was like a 1,200-pound steer or somebody that was probably a little bit dangerous to be around the kids. But um, <sighs> that was a good one. And we're bringing that back this year. But
0: I got to go to remember. save the cow, man. <laughs> I got to go because I got a freezer in my garage.
2: Yeah, I don't know if the person who actually won it had to buy a new freezer, but I wouldn't be surprised if he did.
0: <laughs> oh, we've gone a little bit off the rails.
1: Yeah, as usual. <laughs>
0: All right. Should we we like refocus a little bit here? Yeah. So we originally found you, Betsy, because we were interested in the Lyft mentoring program and we saw you as one of the mentees on that list. And we think this is a cool idea. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
2: Absolutely. That is an initiative that came from minor league HQ down in St. Pete. Um, it's new for this year. So they announced the class, I think right around the winter meetings last year. Um, but it's a really cool program where they pair up somebody that has over four years of experience as a mentor with somebody under four years as a mentee. So I'm a mentee. Um, my mentor actually works for the Burlington bees out in the Midwest league. So We are halfway across the country, but it's still cool to get get a chance to speak with people in different leagues with more experience and see what you can learn from them. Uh, We actually have another phone call scheduled for the morning. And then the minor league folks like to do check-ins as well to see how the program's going. So I have a follow-up call with them later this week as well.
0: So, do you think this is going to help sort of build a, a pathway for women to have more jobs in like front office and other like professions within baseball?
2: I do. I think that um, what's equally as important as building these positions is making sure people want to stay in them and continue to work in minor league baseball. So, this mentorship program I think is really good for retention to make people feel that once they're in the industry, That it's somewhere that they can stay for a long time and find continued success. Um, I don't off the top of my head remember exactly how many people were in the program for this year, but I wouldn't be surprised if it expanded in the future, knowing how many qualified women there are working in baseball and how many people wanted to be involved with the program. I think it's something that will stick around for a long time and just continue to develop pathways for people to get into the industry, but stick around once they are here.
1: So I think that's I think
0: that's about all we
1: have right now, right?
0: Well I was gonna ask one final okay, question. You got it. Oh which, you've got the great one. I do have the I have the great question. I wanna know what is your dream job? I mean it it could very well be right where you are, or it could be I'm I'm climbing this ladder, watch out major leagues. What do you think?
2: Yeah, I mean I love being where I am. I think that you know, being a general manager in minor league baseball is definitely something to be proud of and something that a lot of people strive to be. So when you have a bad day, you kind of have to look out the window and remind yourself that you're looking at a baseball field, doing a job that a lot of people wish they had. And you have to, you know, you look at that as a way to remember to stay grateful for what you have and stay humble in that position. And I think that, you know, maybe five years down the road might move up to a full season team and, you know, have 70 home games instead of 34 and see where that takes me. But, um, all in all, I think that I'm definitely in my dream industry and we'll just continue to see where it takes me and hope that it'll continue to be as fun as it has been for the past three years.
1: I know that I'd love to stay in touch and see, first of all, how this season goes with you and what brings the, what the future brings, because this, Absolutely. that sounds great. Thank you so much for joining with joining us today. I know we took a little bit more time than we said we would, but there's so much to talk about and uh, and I look forward to staying in touch.
2: Absolutely. Thank you guys for having me on. Thanks, Betsy.
0: Thank you. Next week, we have our first bobblehead occasion. One soda bobblehead. So we get to get Potty Mouth's bobblehead at a Nats game this weekend. I'm very excited about that. What do you have coming up this week?
1: I'm going to go to game on Saturday, the Are day you? after bobblehead. And yeah, I'm going to pray for the Red Sox home opener. I didn't say this in the, in the outset, but I kind of fucked up last week. I said that I had to wait until... A couple days ago for the Red Sox to be home. But actually, all it was is they were playing in Arizona and the games were earlier. So they were watchable. Not that it was fun to be watching them, but they're watchable time
0: wise, like like, logistically, not emotionally. Exactly. Yeah, okay.
1: I didn't have to stay up all night to be disappointed, but my hopes are still up there. I am not going back down on my predictions from last week. I'm going to stick to it like a diehard Sox fan. And I'm going to watch opening day in Fenway Park and pray that it turns the corner for my team. That and a closing pitcher would be nice, but, you know, I'm going to just...
0: A potty mouth can dream, can't Mm -hmm. she? So in the meantime, please listen to our show. Tell your friends about the show. If you have time to write a review, we would love that. If you subscribe and subscribe all your friends, you won't miss an episode. And maybe plan a trip to Pulaski, Virginia. I hear it's in the southwest corner of the state. We might have a field trip going. We'll find out. Until then, say goodnight, potty mouth. Goodnight, potty mouth.